you to think with us for a few minutes about praise God for deliverance. Praise God for deliverance. This text is part of the victory hymn that Miriam and the Hebrew women sang after they witnessed the drowning of Pharaoh's army at the Red Sea. When Moses was sent by God back to Egypt to lead the children of Israel out of their bondage, God called Moses from a burning bush on Mount Sinai. The bush was illumined by fire, but it was not consumed. And as disciples of Christ, we understand that this burning bush was a manifestation of the presence of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, it's recorded that the Holy Spirit appeared to those gathered in the upper room as cloven tongues of fire, fire that burned but did not consume. It was fire that purified as the fire on Mount Sinai purified. For when God spoke to Moses out of the burning bush, he said, take off your shoes, for the ground on which you stand is holy ground. It was fire that transformed. For when the fire came, both Moses and the apostles were never the same again. My brothers and sisters, if the Holy Spirit dwells in us, there ought to be a fire that purifies and transforms. Such a fire is needed at a time such as this. Where the Holy Spirit dwells, we should be purified from our old nature and our selfish desires. Where the Holy Spirit dwells, we should be transformed, committed to following a different course, to accept a different agenda for our living. Moses reluctantly accepted God's call, and he went back into Egypt, and he told Pharaoh that God said, let my people go. 
But Pharaoh resisted God's appeal. He refused to acknowledge God's authority in this situation. He asserted his own authority to govern these people. But the more he tried to fight God, the more harm Pharaoh did to himself and his people. It reminds us that it's never wise to assert our authority over God's authority. Much of what's wrong in our world today stems from the fact that we won't accept God's authority over our lives. Instead, we try to establish ourselves as the authorities of our world. But when we do that, when we choose to resist God rather than yield to him, we're really hurting ourselves and the people around us. Paul says in Romans 10 that that was the problem with his Jewish brethren. They rejected the righteousness from God in the person of Jesus. They sought to establish their own righteousness and their choice led them to be estranged from God spiritually. And my friends, whenever we are estranged from God, we're hurting ourselves and we're hurting the people around us. Pharaoh hardened his heart and as a result, Egypt suffered a series of terrible plagues. First, the waters of the Nile River turned to blood. The polluted water drove frogs out of the river and they covered the land. The abundance of frogs led to a plague of gnats and flies. The gnats and flies brought on an epidemic among the livestock, which eventually spread to the people, and they were soon covered with boils and painful sores. Then God caused hail to fall from the sky, and it fell with such violence and ferocity that it destroyed the crops of the fields. What the hail didn't destroy was eaten by swarms of locusts that came from the east. They covered the sky until it was black as night, and they consumed everything that was before them. For three days, the sun was blackened. All of Egypt was in total darkness. But through all of this, Pharaoh remained intent on not yielding to God's authority. Finally, God dispatched an angel of death into Egypt. The firstborn of both the people and the livestock were killed. And it was only after the horror of losing his own son that Pharaoh finally relented and let God's people go. I'll say it again. When you fail to acknowledge God's authority in your life, you ain't just hurting yourself. You're hurting the people around you. Don't you understand that sin has a ripple effect? Yes, sir. 
When we sin, the ripples spread out in all directions. And often the ones we profess to love are the ones who get caught up in the ripples. Somebody today has a drug habit. And you don't see any harm in what you're doing. You, you've told yourself, what I'm doing is my own business. It doesn't affect anybody else. But your drug habit has a ripple effect on your family. Your loved ones are having to go into debt to keep you out of jail. Your children are embarrassed by a stone mama and a stone daddy. They're having to do without so that you can support your habit. It doesn't just affect you. You're hurting the people you claim to love. Somebody today is having an affair and you've rationalized that what you're doing is your own business. But your lack of self-control has a ripple effect. You're messing up your home life without trying. You're teaching your children that it's okay to lie and to cheat. You're teaching your children that sexual gratification is more important than personal accountability. It doesn't just affect you. You're hurting the most important people in your life. When you fail to acknowledge God's authority in your life, I've said it for the third time, it has a far-reaching and damaging impact, not just on us, but on the people around us. Pharaoh, having witnessed the utter destruction of his country and his people finally surrendered to God's will and agreed to let Israel go. And the next morning, 22 generations of the descendants of Jacob moved out of Goshen and headed toward Canaan. But as Israel was leaving, Pharaoh's heart again became hardened. Pharaoh decided that he was going to challenge God one more time. He decided that he was going to take back what God had set free. He called for 600 chariots and went in hot pursuit of the children of Israel. And when he caught up with them, they were at the banks of the Red Sea. It must have appeared to Pharaoh like this was going to be easy. Israel was hemmed in. The sea was in front of them, and there were mountains on either side of them. When the Israelites realized their predicament, they did what people do. They began to murmur and complain against Moses. It would have been better for us if we'd stayed in Egypt than to die out here in the wilderness. But I hear Moses in the power of the Holy Spirit give a word of comfort and reassurance. Don't be afraid. Stand firm and see the deliverance that the Lord is going to bring you today. The Egyptians you see now, you'll never see them again. 
The Lord will fight for you if you be still. Now, I want you to see what God did, and I want you to see how God did it. First, God's deliverance was conspicuous. It was a deliverance that everybody could see. In this one moment, God utilizes fire and wind to accomplish his will. And that's significant because fire and wind are symbols of the presence of the Holy Spirit. On that Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out on all believers, the presence of the Spirit was characterized by the sound of a rushing wind and by cloven tongues of fire. And here at the Red Sea, God uses fire on one side of Israel to keep Pharaoh's army at bay. And on the other side, God blows a mighty wind that parts the waters and dries the seabed. In the power of the Holy Spirit, God built a hedge of fire to protect Israel on one hand, and he made a highway through the sea on the other hand. Oh, my brothers and sisters, it's good to know we serve a God who's able. He's able to protect, and he's able to deliver, and he's able to do both at the same time. With one hand, God keeps my enemies away. And with the other hand, he makes a way for me out of no way. With one hand, he makes my enemies my footstool. With the other hand, he opens doors that have been closed against me. And when God acts, he does it in such a way that people have to stand up and take notice that it's God who's doing it. I, I don't know about you, but I've had to deal with murmuring. I've had to deal with complaining. But in the murmuring and the complaining, I have an assurance from God. What time you are afraid, just put your trust in me. I'm your refuge and your strength. And I'm a very present help in the time of trouble. God's deliverance was conspicuous. And then more than conspicuous, his deliverance was consistent. God's protection, God's provision wasn't just there for the moment. It was there all night long. All night long. I know you've seen the movie and it happens in five minutes. That ain't the way it happened in the Bible. All night long, God stood between Israel and Pharaoh. All night long, God blew dry the bed of the Red Sea, and by morning, God was ready to deliver them. Oh, church, if you live long enough, you're going to have some sleepless nights. If you live long enough, there there are going to come times when you've done the best that you could and your best won't be good enough. If you live long enough, there'll come a time when those who said they were with you will be the ones leading the charge against you. If you live long enough, it'll, 
It'll come a time when it looks like the devil has the upper hand. And, and I don't care what anybody says. When you have those times, it'll keep you up at night. It'll keep you up all night long. But I've come to tell you, if you trust in the Lord, and if you just wait on the Lord, God ain't just conspicuous, God is consistent. The psalmist said, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. So if you're in the middle of a night experience, hold on just a little while longer. God's making a way for you. Hold on just a little while longer. Soon your trouble will be over. Hold on just a little while longer. God is protecting you. And when morning comes, God's consistency will deliver you. That leads me to my final point. God's deliverance was complete. When morning came, Israel walked through the parted Red Sea and, and they arrived safely on the other side. And when they were through, God removed the pillar of fire that had held Egypt's army back and Pharaoh ordered his army to pursue them into the sea. But when Pharaoh's army was in the middle of the sea, God caused the waters to fall back in. And Pharaoh's army was destroyed. And when the children of Israel saw what had happened, they began to sing. The Lord is my strength and my song. The Lord is my protector. The Lord is my deliverer. The Lord is my salvation. And I will praise him all the day long. Church, if you stay with the Lord, he won't just be conspicuous and he won't just be consistent, but he will be complete. God is a complete God. God doesn't half step. God doesn't do stuff part of the way. When God does it, it's done all the way. And, and then you can look back and you can see what the Lord has done. You can know that God is a God who delivers. And he delivers to the utmost. The hymn writer said it this way, why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely, longing for heaven and home when Jesus is my portion, a constant friend is he. His eye is on the speck and I know he watches over me. And so I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. His eye is on the sparrow. And I know 
I know, I know he watches over me.
sing it if you know it. Say, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Father, I lift my hands and I worship you. Yeah. 